I'm ready to vent. All right. All right, let me move this uh, keyboard out of the way because I'm going to have room for all my notes that I'm going to angrily look at and reference. Welcome to another episode of and I am one of your hosts, Sean, and joining us also is Thomas. Previously, we looked at the special features of the Shout DVD for Transformers from the re-release, I want to say 2011, I think it was, and now we're looking at the Rhino DVD special features from the year 2001 or 2002. Good lord, I have never seen such a disorganized special features collection in all of the DVD-dom. I, I can't even begin to describe. Like, I watch a lot so of special what, features. So what actually is there? So what what is the entire package? I watch a lot of special features, like, on everything. Like, I think I just texted before this. I watched the entire Credible Hulk and all those special features, probably four and a half. And a lot of it was interesting. Usually when you make a special feature... There's this thing in not just the DVD, but the but the writing world. It's called editing. I'm not sure if the people on this knew what, what it was. Okay, so if you look at the picture that I gave you guys, it's a picture of one of the first seven screens for this special features. You start up the special features discs on season one. This is the fourth disc, and it says the first special features are the restoration process, a frame-by-frame analysis, and remastering comparisons. These are the first three. Tell us what these. Uh, this first one is, the restoration process. It was basically their attempt at a really cool Star Wars opening scroll. <laughs> <laughs> it was, so, so basically what it was, it was describing a general like high level overview of the restoration process that they were going to use for for this DVD and and what has been used before with the previous I guess they were going from the film transfer from the original film to the broadcast masters then they talked about going from film to the uh, I forget what is it a beta uh, the digital beta master and then they talked about dandruff like removing hair and dandruff from oh yeah like actual physical (laughs) articles and i believe they had their own dvd master and they were just basically just it was just a high level overview just explaining like you know the pros and cons and of just going between those different transfers and stuff like that yeah and 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 this is and so it's like five minutes long but it's a good description that I think is actually not only important, but oh well. Let me fun. say one more thing. So, okay. so the 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 one thing with it was so they give you that general overview. So I don't know me maybe that would just be just not a video, just maybe some text there that you can just click through. So I mentioned the Star Wars scroll. That's how the the text was presented to you. It was scrolling through their basically for Wikipedia article for five minutes. <laughs> uh-huh. It was just a long scroll. Uh, <laughs> of that so it was just yeah that's it was an odd way to present that information or someone could have just read it or they could have been spoken <laughs> but but uh, but the one thing is most of the time you buy a remaster nobody tells you what they did nobody tells you the process so immediately 
this starts out already catching my interest mm -hmm. because they tell you where they all got the source materials. They're like, well, we didn't use this, the original TV broadcasts because they were too far deteriorated. So we went back to the original beta archives and they say this one wasn't the finished aired product, but that's the one we used because it was, it, it was, was more, cl more clean. And, yeah, uh, and a lot of people didn't like that. So I just thought it was interesting. They tell you like the whole process and why they did what they did. Uh, yeah. It, so yeah, it was, it was interesting. It was odd to see it done that way. I think it could have been done a little bit better. You know, if they wanted to go over like their film transfer process, I don't know, show some video of that while you're talking about the broadcast versus the, the beta max, the beta cam show screenshot comparisons right then and there. They kind of give an idea of the pros and cons instead of just pure text. I'll be mentioning this a lot because this is one DVD that got it right was Voltron. The first DVD release is like maybe the first 12 to 15 episodes of the series. There's a whole video about the process. They take a camera to show some guy looking for the old tapes and acquiring them. And they're like, oh, well, all the tape has fallen off. And they're like, well, the audio is usable, but the video is gone. So... They had to request the original video from Japan. Then they were like, well, then we had to get VHS copies of the airings and re-edit it to the way it used to look in America because the video was just gone from America. Like, it was just gone forever. Only the audio remained. They actually have a lot of video and show you a lot of the restoration process, and that was really cool Yeah, yeah. interesting because so that, that was the first sounds... time I've ever seen that. Yeah, because I'm sure that they had the, the similar issues when they were doing this Transformer stuff. So, like, instead of just something so general and unspecific, you know, cater it more to, like, what did you guys actually have to deal with? And this was only, I want to say, two to three years after this DVD came out, that Voltron DVD came out. So early. It was early. So mm -hmm. I, you couldn't really fall from that much. Everybody was still figuring out what to do with special features. I mean, many DVDs at the time did not come with special <laughs> features. So. Well, remember, 1997 Our... was the uh, original DVDs uh, started coming out and the first special features were always like bibliography see all the actors and their selected works so and so went to so and so college where he got his blah 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 and then got nominated and worked on this and that's like in every dvd from the year 1997 to the year 2000 nobody cares and so they stopped including that on every dvd and blu-ray from like 2000 some and beyond mm -hmm. about really dull bloopers <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes bloopers are good, but yeah, I, I've seen some really bad blooper reels that were just like, okay. They had bloopers here in this special features, and I watched it, and I was like, this doesn't seem like anything to me. I don't know what I'm looking at. Oh, so I will just... get to that. I'll tell you where the bloopers actually are in that mess of footage, which is oh. also editing is what you need to do when making a DVD. They did have one error, though, in the text crawl. They actually say this is what audiences experienced for years. And I'm like, uh, well, actually, no, if you're showing the the original unaired masters instead of the aired masters, then that's not actually what the experience that everybody has had, because they're watching the, 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 the original footage before someone edited it and said, all right, we need to make these minor changes before broadcasting on TV. Oh, my God. And I just realized how funny that is in relation to this DVD. Well, they might have been talking about like the actual quality and not necessarily that the edits. Okay, so on the second one, frame by frame analysis, what is this doing here in between 
restoration and remastering. It it isn't part of these two and doesn't connect. And um, why is it here? Uh, so basically, it's just forty seconds of some Autobot shooting Shockwave in the back, and that's it. But it's in like super super slow mo, so you can see every single frame. I mean, it was cool that you see how much they put white background to imitate laser blasts Flashes. between the background. Yeah. But that's but I'm also cool. like, why is this here? This has nothing to do with the restoration process other than to show this is how good it looks now for a few seconds, frame by frame. Nothing was explained. <laughs> yeah. And they are comparing it like they will in the next special feature. Yeah, they probably didn't have anywhere. Well, I don't know. I don't I don't know. I haven't seen the menus for all of this. So I was going to say they maybe didn't have a good spot to stick it. There is nothing to do with restoration with that. It's just it's just here. Here's what each frame looks like individually. If anybody's interested in seeing just a clip slow down by each frame. I'm posting the menu screens as we get to them. So that's what the first one looks like. So now we get to, I guess, the meat a lot of the huge, uh, uh, how long is this remastering comparisons, Charlie and Thomas? Was that 45 minutes or was it 19 minutes? <laughs> I can't remember. It was too long for, for what we were seeing. <laughs> chunks chunks of episodes. It was 48 um, played, minutes long. Yeah, played side by side, showing the quality difference, which I, I do like the the older version just because of the subtle colors and the softness of it it just and it just has a different feel but mm -hmm. yeah i mean it's i don't need to see lots of the footage to like kind of get the impression of it <laughs> but that was my issue with it you know i'll skip these positives for now so you see how the color is deteriorating right like so you look on the right screen so the first part is a split screen and you see the left is the original beta digital stuff, and the right side, the right half of the video you're watching is the original aired version, you can clearly see color deterioration on the right because Optimus is supposed to have blue limbs, and on the other side, he's got, like, dark blue or gray because gray. the color has faded. <laughs> and, like, Brawn is supposed to be green, but then you'll see he's brown because the color has faded. The same with Ravage is now gray. And sometimes even the water is freaking green instead of blue because of the color deterioration. So some of that is good because I'm like, okay, this is kind of cool. And then I realize it's 50 minutes long. And I'm like, okay, now I'm not, I'm losing interest. <laughs> I'm like, like, yeah, I mean, outside of the length, well, the, the length is an issue. They could have kept this 10 minutes max or something like that. But outside of the length, I mean, it is interesting to see, like, you know, what they were actually working with and the, the visual quality between the, the three different versions. But watching that, Charlie mentioned exactly as as I was getting through to, like, minute 30. Uh, <laughs> the difference between all of these is so. So Sean just mentioned it. So the original broadcast master, the colors definitely look washed out compared to the digital beta cam that they did. So so the digital beta cam is so much more saturated. And at, at first glance, you think, okay, that's good. This is, you know, the colors are actually there. Like people look the way that, that you expect them to look. But as you go through some of these scenes, you notice that, okay, some of this stuff is actually oversaturated. You, yeah, you lose bright. some of the, <laughs> the shadow detail. There's no like, contrast. Yeah, there's some of the shadows that you see, they get completely blown out 
in the in the digital transfer. So the digital transfer, the beta cam is actually not perfect itself. I mean, they didn't show enough DVD master footage, but the the some the, the bit that they did show, it definitely looked much more improved than the film transfer. So they went back and like, I don't know, restored even some of that shadow that. Uh, yeah. Well, here's that the thing is loss. It's easier to color correct with the good colors. It would not be easy to try to color correct the faded colors. That's what they had to work with. But what I don't understand is referencing Voltron again. Why didn't they just take the extra time to edit in scenes so that then the master matched the actual TV broadcasts? They didn't. I, I know they did a lot of work remastering it, but then they didn't take that extra bit to make it because there's so many animation errors. And here's the here's the issue I have with the, with this special feature. So. They even state in the opening text crawl, uh, so the the beta had a lot of errors. They were unaired because there were still errors in them. So there's missing scenes. They only show like... So did you say uh, that they they, were incomplete? That they mentioned that some of the stuff was incomplete, the beta? Yeah, because it's not finalized before going to air, but these were the best quality material to base the remaster on. So I'm asking, why didn't they take the extra effort to add back in the animation, try to match it, to add the scene that's missing, to rearrange the scene that's flipped by accident? And so, like, they didn't take... Okay, so my first issue is I'm asking why they didn't do that. That's not my issue. My main issue is, why didn't you show any of this in this 50 minutes? Like, Yeah, so you're saying that, and I'm like, well, what do you mean? Like, they didn't really show. Like, I didn't notice a lot of the DVD comparison. And uh, so they show because so they they just didn't show it. It was always the beta cam versus the broadcast master, which is okay. I get that after thirty minutes. Yes, come on. Yeah, in the second and third minute, there's a scene where Ironhide flies after the Decepticons, and you see that there's missing scenes, and then there's a still frame because they're missing animation. And so that's what I was looking for, and what I like to see in a special feature. They're like, oh, see all this. This is what was missing and what we had to work with, but you can see when we'd originally aired, it was corrected. But then they go on for the next 20 minutes not showing any of that and just showing comparison, comparison. Like it, like the fun stuff to see was like the Skyfire episode and the Dinobots episode because you can see the, uh, the Dinobots have these laser eyes and they shoot some rocks and they disappear on the broadcast. But then you look at the Betacam Master and they're just making noises and there's a laser outline around the rocks, but then the rocks don't disappear and the Dinobots don't have laser eyes. So then you're like, what the heck happened? Which I remember we actually asked in our podcast of that episode. So there you can clearly see. Okay, so did that? So, so that's what I didn't know because I saw that and I was like, okay, so, because they don't explain any of this footage. It just, you yeah. click play and it just starts playing. So that's what I was confused about was, <laughs> okay, the digital beta cam, it's not clear that that's, you just took that beta cam and put it straight into the the DVDs because they some of the segments say DVD master explicitly. So I just assumed that like, okay, why are you comparing so much of the old stuff? What is the final? Yeah, product? we're not looking at. So it even says, and, and the title was annoying too because it says remastering comparisons. I click on it. At first, I think the left is the DVD remaster and the right is the original air date. And then I'm like, wait a minute, that text in the corner says. Betacam and original. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, so that's why I was like, okay, so yeah, it, it's it's they're showing so much of the old stuff, but of the 50 minutes, you probably get like two minutes of final footage comparison. 
but there's probably like i don't know 40 50 60 scenes that they go through and only like two show the are representative of the final product and, and the weirdest is the first five episodes are done in split screen half and half but then episodes six through like 12 are done with with small screens like left and right and so you can see the whole picture just smaller so yeah and so it, it's called checkerboard the so they episodes they're just like f it and they're like sub squares mixing into each other wavy line and it's t- hard to focus on the difference yeah that's like, when that's when playing? i stopped watching it i was like man this stuff is outrageous because it was like a squiggly one of them was a squiggly line down the middle instead of just having one half is this version the other half is this version it was a squiggly version all the way across which i get i guess certain scenes it, to do a clean split down the middle it, it wouldn't really be as effective but the squiggly line down the middle was just too much. And then they went with the checkerboard. The checkerboard was so scattered, <laughs> I couldn't even tell, like, okay, where do I even begin to process this comparison? It was just so bad. And I just stopped. I was like, okay, that's enough of this. I, I didn't watch the whole 15 minutes. So you made it half an hour, though. Or I didn't minutes. really watch a half an hour. I probably watched about, like, 20 minutes. Oh, okay. Charlie, um, were you able to get through this entire thing, or did you skip around, too? I just kind of popped through it. I had to go on to the other items, which were more interesting. But um, I, I suffered alone. Oh, I, I just didn't understand. I was like, okay, I have to watch this entire. Well, I started watching one. It was like a chunk of an episode, and then it like started another piece of a different episode. And I was like, okay, yeah, uh, that's not gonna be fun to watch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That you don't like the thing we just mentioned. You don't see any of those differences. Like they purposely went out of their way to avoid the missing animation and all the problems. Like, cause there's one or two where I see someone's colored the black transformer is colored green for some reason, but then he's actually black on the aired version. And I'm just like, but you're unless you're paying attention to every scene, you're not going to notice little things like that. Uh, I need a second to make sure I didn't it, forget any other rant that I need to talk about. Well, maybe we should go back through this whole frame by frame, or sorry, remastering comparisons video. No. And just do a whole <laughs> podcast on that. Just watch no. the whole freaking thing <laughs> and look for the differences that matter. Oh, Charlie. It's like you <laughs> and I, we all know what to say to make Thomas go into an induced rage. <laughs> oh, goodness. It's like, oh, look, look, Optimus Prime is slightly gray in this one, and he's blue in this one. And, uh, uh. Yeah, oh, oh, I almost forgot the biggest mistake, because this happens three times. They say episode 12, and then they put part of episode 13 in it. Then you go to thir- episode 13, and that same scene, episode 13 again, that was just in episode 12, they put it in the wrong place, and so it's duplicated oh. twice. So this really is a 40-minute episode not a 47 minute because they do that three times oh no that's even worse yeah two full times another half time where they didn't put the whole scene in and i'm just like they did not edit this nobody looked at this again to go wait didn't i just see this and one of them is clearly the end of episode like whatever and then clearly starts the beginning of the next episode so there's no way you could have watched this and not missed that (laughs) the thing is i don't know if they're expecting you to watch the whole thing (laughs) But that, that, I'm just, oh my God, like we're not, we're only on the third special feature. I'm I'm just like, 
edit your stuff. Don't be like Anne Rice and just say, I'm going to put whatever I want out there and not care, okay? <laughs> well, it's like, you know, have you ever watched the old Three Stooges cartoon? They usually would have a chase scene a couple times in the cartoon, and <laughs> it would be like the same desert background, like looping over and over or something. <laughs> <laughs> same cactus going by many 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 times i think it did that scooby-doo as well i was gonna say um, a bunch of hanna-barbera stuff yeah like yeah. just they do the same chase scene like more than once sometimes and you're like okay uh, i've seen enough yeah. of this and yeah okay the kids have run to the left and the right side of the screen too many times let's let's move on <laughs> so i i will end on the first five minutes or so when I started taking positive notes. So we'll end with some of those. When I originally started watching this, I didn't realize it was that long. And I was like, okay, this you can tell like the sky looks a lot brighter and colorful. The same with the African, uh, uh, Arizonan, geez, uh, my notes here, uh, rocks on the ground. I put there's a sharper image on the beta cam. So you can see why they chose that. I was like, ooh, the purple architecture is even darker because I love my color purples. The shaking of the film is actually minimized on the beta cam as compared to the air to TV broadcast, which is another positive for the beta cam. Also, the color bleed over the black lines and the fuzziness is not on there as compared to the TV broadcasts. Uh, some of the TV broadcasts seem to actually be in good uh, quality, but not many of them. What do I have here? So they show the full season four opening. And there's so much color in the sky, it's like completely removed from the aired master. And I'm like, what happened to all the color? And then I guess I end on a, ne on a negative <laughs> or a positive. So the right side of the screen for every episode has more white saturation, as if the color white just saturated everything over time. You can really tell just looking at any of these, like at points like where, Meg where Starscream's face should be black and gray, Instead, it's black and white because all the grays have become white now. Hmm. So, yeah, that's it. And I also, I did have a question. They say one-inch air master, right? I don't understand why they say one-inch broadcast master. Does that mean the... It was probably the frame of film. It was uh, the film strip. I mean, it's going to be one-inch frames. But when, you know, when you project it, it gets bigger. I'm just wondering how big the, the, the beta cam was. Was it also one inch or was it bigger or was it smaller? They don't actually compare it to that, or maybe they did in the text crawl. But anyway, I wanted to end on some positives after my rant. So these were just fun things that I watched the first five minutes till I just suddenly lost all interest, but my OCD forced me to watch the whole thing. So yeah, that was, I I think we kind of covered all the stuff that I thought was noteworthy. I did want to ask you some questions about the, about the Japanese features. Oh, oh we're getting to that. Okay. Okay, so, okay, we're going to oh, go back. All right. Yeah. So, special feature two. So, there are two things to watch. It's called domestic bumpers and Japanese bumpers. Uh, I'm assuming that, God, this whole page is just all my notes on the restoration process because that's how much I had to say about it. So, anyway, have you guys watched domestic bumpers? I have not watched the bumpers okay, yet. Okay, so let's take a break and watch it. And I want you to, I want you to think uh, what you just watched. <laughs> So those had that, um, eh, honestly, they're kind of typical <laughs> of, of anime bumpers. <laughs> it had this X or three kind of feeling or mm -hmm. like, uh, you know, <laughs> it, it, it was, it was just loaded with that anime kind of angst 
you know. <laughs> so first for the domestic bumpers, um, uh, Charlie, uh, what DVD uh, are we watching from? Uh, hopefully this same DVD. <laughs> this is the season one Transformers box set of episodes one through sixteen. What are these domestic bumpers? So th- that's why I at first I watched I just rewatched them just now again because it seemed like you really wanted us to watch them. The first time I watched them, I'm like, this is all new. St- well, new to me because I haven't watched the first season. This is all later season stuff. Yeah. Like, you know, I recognize Rodimus. I rec- recognize the Starcticons. I don't know what the city thing is. I don't know. Metroplex. The, the, I don't I have no idea. I guess I didn't. I didn't Trypticon. recognize all the characters. <laughs> I've seen Dinobots, but I'm like, what, what's going on here? Like, yeah, these are all the bumpers for season three on oh. the season one DVD. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's they put the wrong bumpers on the DVD. Well, the music was familiar, so I just kind of let it go. I was like, okay, yeah, I. <laughs> That's, that sounds like early Transformers to me, but... <laughs> well, are there any special features on the later seasons? Yes. Oh, all okay. of them, all four box sets have special features for Rhino and for Shout Factory. Okay. Then, I don't, I don't know, do they all have domestic and Japanese bumpers on all of them, or did they just shove everything on this one? They all have different special features. So, Charlie, we actually reviewed the Shout Factory DVD special features previously, and they basically had a 20-minute documentary about how this was created, followed by a television script for one of the episodes you could read on the disc if you put it in your computer. And, and I think, uh, like, three advertisements and a PSA about don't run away from home. And that was pretty much it. It was, like, really light on special features. <laughs> but this one has a ton of special features, but it's almost worse with just how unorganized and everything it is. So this is the second special features. It says Japanese bumpers. So, so I'm assuming you don't really have much knowledge about the Japanese Transformers, correct? Yeah, I've never watched it, so I, yeah, I don't know much about it. It's it, the weird thing about those was um, it looked like it showed different different seasons or different iterations of it, like towards the end. So I was like, uh, what's like, what's with the little guy that looks like Alex Kidd or something, you know, standing next to yeah, that. Like, that was the problem with this. It says Japanese bumpers as if we're expecting to see how the Japanese made their own bumpers for season one, but instead they're just random Japanese bumpers. So <laughs> for- after Transformers ended in America, Japan picked it up and made three more television series that followed the continuity of Transformers Season 1, 2, and 3. And they were called Transformers Headmasters, Transformers Super God Master Force, and Transformers Victory. Those are the three series, each with 40-some episodes apiece. And that was the, the trilogy of shows that were made in Japan as sequels to the American Transformers. Are they available? What do you mean, on DVD? Yeah, officially. Like, yeah, they actually have been officially released recently. In fact, uh, Europe actually released the Headmasters DVD with the horrible uh, big green dubs of them or whatever. Okay, I thought you were going to say the uh, horrible Claymation Optimus. I was like, no, oh, no. no. It's a, the Headmasters part sounded familiar, but I think that Claymation thing was a repackaging of yeah. the American seasons, the first seasons. 
I'm trying to think. Uh, I'm getting confused with Dragon Ball Z because Dragon Ball Z is like the big green dub. So I'm trying to remember who did the dub for Headmasters, which is just really, really awful that you've been wanting to watch forever, too. It's like, I forget if it was made in Brazil or South America somewhere. And it's just like the worst dubbing, the uh, acting. It's hilarious. But anyway, these Japanese bumpers are the bumpers for Master Force, the second Japanese series. Why? What is the, What purpose do they serve being here? It's not even the same show. That was the yeah, that, uh... that they could find, I guess. <laughs> why is there not like a Japanese section at the end where it's like, here, we found Japanese uh, headmasters, Master Force, and victory bumpers. No, just random Japanese bumpers. And this is the year 2001, before people had much internet. Yeah, before this is early on in the internet day, so people would see this and, and they would be like, oh, well, this these bumpers are for, you know, the G1 series. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but the so like I mean, the way that they put these, these are completely different series, technically. So like, you might as well just throw on this the CG Beast Wars or Transformers Prime, <laughs> <laughs> basically doing the same thing. Yeah. I like that. There's like, you know, there's some things. I just wonder if if, if there's something they don't make chibi, but um, that that chibi Transformers thing. No, that's the, the ending end theme. To, that's the ending theme to all three seasons is chibi theme songs. <laughs> That's just the the icing on the the Japanese bumper cake. It's just... <laughs> uh, so, oh man, let's go to page three, and you can see on page three here we have outtakes and false starts and anomalies. So my note for outtakes actually says what, and actually in a square says ignore. Uh, they don't have to watch for the both of you. <laughs> Like, so it's 13 minutes long, and I wrote boring until the two minute mark where they actually show you mistakes. Mistakes such as Laser Beak being as big as Skywarp, Skywarp not moving but running to the edge of the screen, and then all of a sudden, bumpers. Why are these bumpers here? Why are they the season three bumpers we just watched in the domestic bumpers? And then season one bumpers show up, and I'm like, you had season one bumpers. Why are they not in the domestic bumpers section? Oh my god. Like, all the season one bumpers are there. Why are they not in the appropriate section? Oh my god. Well, what also makes it kind of confusing is that in between these scenes, they have, uh, I guess, the production material signage, like the, the yeah, whatever system they all use. All kinds of crap is like. <laughs> Yeah, because I'm just like, what is going why, on? What do I? Why are we looking at that? <laughs> Did you guys watch this? Yeah, I don't I, know. Yeah, I, I tried to... to watch. I tried to watch everything. This one I couldn't get through. I only told you guys to watch one, two, three, and the 1920 to save time, and then I was going to tell you to skip this one as I watched these it, it, for it's outtakes. Just, I don't even know what the outtake part of it is. The outtake is just that they took it out and they made a note of it. Like, nope, not that yeah, one. I was kind of curious. I was like, cut. how do you, like, what real outtakes would there be? These aren't humans. Like, Megatron didn't flub his line. So, like. That's uh... what I thought would happen. I thought <laughs> when I clicked on it, it would be like, you know, Frank Welker making, like, a, a mistake. Or, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Making a mistake. It's, it's like th- animation outtakes. And yeah, I'm like, yeah, okay, like okay what does that mean? So take it out. The Japanese studio being like, eh, we're not using that. Eh, we don't need that. That's a that's a crappy transformation. Let's not use that. Nope. 
But yeah, and it didn't make sense why they were showing all the bumpers again. Every single one we just saw in the domestic bumper is back here, sometimes twice. And I don't know why. <laughs> and I'm like, I can't tell the difference if they made any changes. The only good things were like two to four minute mark where there's actual errors. And the very end where you see Rumble is the same size as Skywarp. And they accidentally loop the whole thing for seven seconds. So you know they made a mistake. <laughs> but otherwise, I'm like... The, why this should have been three minutes long not 13 yeah there's definitely some context that would be needed to actually know what the mistakes were with some of that stuff some of the stuff is kind of obvious somewhat uh some of the stuff is like okay here's a tank driving all right yeah and so so here's here we go back to a good special feature anomalies somebody actually took the effort to make a good special feature with this one i mean i wouldn't say good well, based on everything we've seen now, it's freaking gold, okay? But have you watched <laughs> Anomalies? Because it's cool because it'll play for a few seconds and then freeze with an arrow that says continuity mistake or this uh, Energon cube wasn't colored in. Or it'll be like, or here's this, the you line. Know, shadows disappear or explosions were not complete. So they have like basically the draft lines that say yes. like this is where they should be. This, this, is, this is like the stuff you need when you make a special feature. See, they have context. Oh, and, and guess they what? Guess what? They have footage from the, the master comparison that they did originally, the 50-minute the feature. Some of that footage is in here, and they actually explain it and do it right. So they, so they knew that they could do better. They did it for this. But then they were like, well, hey, guess what? Here's 50 minutes. I'm not going to waste my time going through all of this. You figure it out. They could have just put this better part first, maybe? Like... And this could have been it. The other stuff towards the end. You didn't even need that whole 50-minute scene. You could have just taken it all out and had this. This is what people would remember, the anomalies. Because this is actually fun, because it's like, hey, look at these blotched lines. Look at this guy's hair that's left in the animation frame. Here, here's uh, just just like continuity mistakes. Here's an unfinished artwork. It, it was just fun. I actually enjoyed watching all 13 minutes of this one. Like It was actually fun to watch this one. After all the, the crap that's been angering me. <laughs> <laughs> Missing energy, like black cubes that don't have any. They're not lit up. <laughs> they're, not, they're not pink. Wrong color crotch. It wasn't yeah. supposed to be green. It was supposed to be yellow. But And yeah, so this is where we get all those, I guess, clips with here's the animator's hair. Here's his dandruff. <laughs> um, <laughs> but there were actually some in here that were kind of weird because they were like... They were mostly still shots, like a frozen frame. You can see like the human hands holding like a slate or something. But then the scene is animating in a corner of that still shot. And I, I didn't understand like what was happening there. That, that was odd to me. I, I don't remember now. I think I was just so excited about the stuff that was fun. I forgot anything else. I'm I don't know why it. they're showing the part of the film reel with all the scribbling and notes on it. Like you can't even read it. It's like so fast, but... It's like, why even show those parts? Just cut them off. Oh, yeah. I even write, why is there so much special feature three if this exists? <laughs> so, like, the part with the, the actual Transformer, that animates, but everything else is still. Well, that's so the yeah. bumper from season three used a third time. <laughs> I like this comparison with the broadcast master where there's a guy on the ground and his ears start flashing, but... um. Oh, on the, the new oh, yeah. beta cam transfer, it's just subtly flashing like olive green to like a lighter green or something. 
and then on the other it's like really bright like a like a like it should be like light bulbs flashing it yeah any of those effects where there was like glowing and stuff like that so like the computer screens the dinobots were looking at like a big rock that was like flashing and like glowing everything like that with glowing effects it was all just flat in the the beta cam footage yeah and that's why that's like sad. we have so many issues when we watch <laughs> these episodes because we are watching the rhino dvds and we're always like what happened oh <sighs> and now we get into more oh i usually enjoy textless openings and mm, but in credits if what there... is the textless opening from <laughs> You don't know what any of this yeah, is going to be because the text just... doesn't match. That's right. Uh, so I want you all both to look at the textless opening and tell me what it is. Is it the textless opening from Transformers Season 1? Many millions of years ago, on the planet Cybertron, life existed. But not life as we know it today. Intelligent robots that could think and feel inhabited the cities. They were called Autobots and Decepticons. But the brutal Decepticons were driven by a single goal, total domination. They set out to destroy the peace-loving Autobots, and a war between the forces of good and evil raged across Cybertron. Devastating all in its path, draining the planet's once rich sources of energy. The Autobots, on the verge of extinction, battled Valiant. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, you said the that's from the show. It's basically the first 30 seconds of the original first episode without all the text that says the Transformers written by, you know, blah, blah, blah. Basically the entire opening sequence without all the text. So, okay. We got we got one right. How many more on this page do you want to better also write? Uh, Charlie, two. what there are one, two, three, four, five special features on this page, and I think a good four on the other. How many how many on this just this this page alone on special features page four of these five special features? How many more of the four we have remaining do you think are gonna be correct as to what they say in the text? Hmm, I'm thinking about the ones that might be go dangerously astray, like the opening credits domestic. That that might not be good. <laughs> Thomas, or what why, is your why do we? What's up with season three? Why do we skip over season two? I, I think you'll find out once we get there. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm already sensing something bad. Okay, so <laughs> let's start with textless end credits, and we'll see what this is. Was was that legit? So these were the end credits 
for season two. Oh, well, that's why there's a guy in a tank. There's all these characters that are not in season one. I don't understand why in the actual DVD, like the actual special features menu, it lists each one of these features. So most of them, they don't specify what season they are, but the opening credits for domestic season three says season three. All of these other ones are for random seasons. Why not say what season they belong to? Well, like, why is only season three? <laughs> why is only opening credits for season three labeled season three when you have season so that, two stuff that here too? Just, that hurts. I when I look at that, I I feel the pain of other bad special features where I'm like, well, yeah, uh, why why do we get to see this or go figure? I mean, I don't mind that it's different or or from a later seasons all on the one DVD. That's not the problem. Really. But it hurts when there's not the other ones. It's bothering my OCD. I've got to have one, two, and three, not not just two and three or or one and three and two and five. That's yeah, gonna bother it is a me. random mix, and then they're not labeled properly. They're not labeled at all except one. <laughs> so there's textless opening episode one. Uh, let's see what that is. Thomas, you should recognize what it actually is. I mean, this looks like G1 stuff. Where have you seen this before the last 16 times? I mean, I don't remember seeing this much at all. This says textless opening episode one. It is the ending credit sequence for all season one episodes. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's uh, okay. That's even more <laughs> wrong than I was expecting. I didn't know oh. they would get it that wrong. Really? Huh? Instead of the Transformers. It, uh, like you would think that the that music, yep, that I definitely recognize yeah. that music. I There's mean, the music no credit. Is definitely... It's instrumental. It's the instrumental ending for all the season one episodes. Yeah, so that's why I got the vibe that like I don't remember this being part of the intro because yeah, because the music is absolutely <laughs> like this is what we use for the end of the the show. Yeah, like, I think all of these are like this. All right, so opening credits, domestic. I've seen enough of this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't help myself. I like what the '80s dog pile is that. <laughs> what do you mean? What's wrong? 
Well, the uh, show, the, the, the music opening... it is, is like all so. Yeah, it's like I mean, rebooted. That's, that's into its own. Some... It's its own creature. <laughs> the problem is, is that it's not the right creature for this. The the actual title. Yeah, uh, it's it's the uh, it's one of two theme songs opening for season three. Yeah, it basically oh, presented yeah. as the overall series opening credits. Yes. So then there's that... also opening credits domestic season three. That definitely had a season three feeling to it. That whole sequence yeah. I just saw. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, yeah, let's amp this up with some 1988 awesomeness or whatever it came out. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's just like the trans, trans, like someone's spinning yeah. a record, like a bunch of taiko drums and like you know spikes upgraded and like it's like yeah, <laughs> yeah, so. What do we got here? Is this opening credits for season three correct when we just watched season three's opening? Oh, no. I don't want to know. Wow, is it just me, or is that one even more amped up? I I think it's the same music with just different animation. I so like I, the it, animation it is more, a lot better, though. Like, I, yeah. As far as yeah. like crazy eighty stuff, th- that's this. Definitely recognize this as being the season three opening that was on all of the uh, the stuff I watched back in college. But I don't remember the opening credit domestic, which is also a season three opener. Like where that comes from? I was like, is that an unused season three opening, or was yeah. there actually two? Like one for the. To me, that it seems like it's season. Like it could be a season four or something. That, oh my god! What, oh, sh- that's right. There is a season four <laughs> with the three episodes. <laughs> oh, that's probably what it what it might be. But I, I'm pretty sure it's still season three. Because it, it just seemed like, okay, well, right. the that third one was amped up, and then this one was, like, even more, like, you know, cleaned up, like, yeah, now it... All right, I can't... We're, we're back for more awesomeness. We're even better, because it's 1989. All right, yes. one second. I gotta see... So it looks like they were made four. about three weeks apart. Yeah, three so that, weeks okay, apart. See, yeah, this season three... That's right, because they're both nineteen. Yeah, one's August twenty seventh, oh, and the other one's okay. September twelfth. Oh, never mind. Yeah, that's right, because the and the dates are on all these. How do you? It's like eighty four oh. five six. How do you not know these are the wrong theme song? <laughs> it says here at the beginning. Why did you read it? <laughs> I should have read it. So we got two. Two of the five of these are correct. They're in the such random jumping order. Like we have the ending to season two's theme, but we never see the opening to season two. Well, what? Can we take on this possibility, Sean, that maybe Holy they have crap. all of the right maybe they have all the right videos, but maybe the person who put together the DVD didn't know how to map the you know, the links to like, you know, click on the, the right video. <laughs> well, I don't know. Let's go on to special feature page five, where we have five more special features. 
Uh, let's see. We have four Japanese features, but the first one is called Alternate Opening Sequence. Hmm, I like the sound of alternate opening. This is going to be good. Okay, same music as the one we last watched, but... No, it's actually different than season three because it's a little slower. Oh, okay. So The title car said disco version. It doesn't sound very disco to me. If you notice differences between the two, maybe that's, I guess that's what they consider disco. But it's not an alternate sequence. This is actually the theme song for season two. Oh, that's what they actually used? This is the oh. actual opening to season two. Okay. Nobody I actually like this, this one the best as far as like yeah. the animation. This one seems cool. It's a lot Yeah, it's got on. these cool rotating effects around the, the area where people yeah, are. Yeah, and, and like how almost everything transitions into the other almost seamlessly. There's more forces of nature going on than just transforming, I notice. Yeah, and there's like that laser <laughs> at the end and like... And what's funny like is there's explosions trans- and like lava the, bursting out of things and what's funny is it even seems like the beginning transitions from the first season's theme song because the transformers logo comes out of the volcano which the first season ended with this logo coming out of it's almost like this directly continues from the first season's theme song hmm. cool. so yeah uh unlabeled but now we get to... <laughs> uh, oh now boy. we get to the japanese <laughs> opening please so... don't be chibi <laughs> So we have Japanese, generic Japanese opening, even though there are three Japanese shows and one OVA. What's going to be? Just watch it and see if you like this song and see if you can uh, tell me what you think this is, both of you. Yeah. 
Wow. B. Victory. B. Victory. <laughs> <laughs> and then you, then you got the kid chorus in the background singing behind the main song. Oh, this this reeks of gotcha man and cutie honey. Like it's kind of generic for the time period. <laughs> well, uh Thomas, are you back with us? Yep. So that is the theme song for the third Japanese Transformers show, Transformers Victory. Oh, okay. And that one's actually pretty fun. I This looks, I mean, watching that, this makes me want to watch it. I mean, I know better to than the base, uh, my expectations <laughs> off of openings, but uh, <laughs> that looks good. <laughs> what do you think, uh, Charlie? Would you want to watch the show after this seeing this theme song? like the same quality as other Japanese shows of that time of that kind of genre and that's kind of how I feel is like okay this will probably be like you know I'll I'll just watch generic anime from that time period so like why not watch Transformers from that time period if if it's it just seems like I'd be watching that like gotcha man that sounds like it's been completed for a while but my friend used to do recaps on a website he used to work for and he did recaps on all three japanese transformer shows headmasters master force and victory and i just remember how he described a lot of the just randomness of victory's tone going from the decepticons killing a whole bunch of people to random comedy scene right after i generally don't like that kind of like tonal whiplash that happens in anime so i'd probably hate this show actually <laughs> <laughs> like it just doesn't know how to incorporate all the tones together and i'm just like oh yeah it's been a while since i watched this but i do remember that like they always make fun of the dinosaur bad guys yet they're always going off and murdering people on actual episodes so i don't know how they can be the brunt of a joke when they're actually killing people almost all the time <laughs> and yet they're like oh dropped anvil on my head or something like that somehow they're always the cartoony aspect of the entire show even though they're the decepticons mm-hmm. it's just oh, evil no. dinobots basically who are very stupid okay <laughs> but yeah but yeah that show follows uh, the guy in the theme song is like star saber uh, along with the human kid and only one human kid this time Oh, only only one human kid this time. I know. I think sometimes his, <laughs> his oh, friend no. shows up, but yeah. You know, just think you. about like the Sonic the Hedgehog shows, like or movies with the kid. Like just just well, one human kid can can spoil it. Or, well, in or Master one Force, or something. In Master Force, guess how many kids there are? How many, Sean? There are six kids: three good and three evil. I think we should report evil that. Evil kids? Yes, <laughs> evil kids that can pilot the their own Decepticons that the Decepticons recruit. And uh, then there are three kids on the Autobot side that are recruited by Autobots that control their own Autobots, basically. But they're supposed to be only for, you know, putting out fires and saving civilians. They're not supposed to actually fight and join the battle because they're humans. Got to protect that's, humans. That's something I haven't seen too much cartoons back then usually you have a group of kids that are good kids and they're on the good side and the the other side's just monsters it's not usually like uh some bad kids oh no wait more humans show up i forget four human adults show up on the good side <laughs> uh well hold on kids in their early 20s because the kids are all headmasters the heads of the autobots whereas the 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 adults that show up or young adults 
are the motors not motor masters motor master is an actual decepticon name oh my god i've forgotten already transects transectors Transsectors? <laughs> Whoa. <that? laughs> i don't know they're the front of the car they they they, they basically the transmission they, i don't even know what they called it's just another gimmick for toys <laughs> where they the radiator water pump timing belts <laughs> <laughs> the headlights. Oh, God. We should. God, we should actually, the headlights time. would be. It's, I don't know. I love Master Force and all its absurdity. <laughs> Was a spark plug? Did he come back? He finally got his due. <laughs> no, he'd be in his like six at this point. <laughs> you can skip Japanese opening with slate because it's just a slate, and then the theme song you already just saw. Followed by, get this, a bumper for Master Force after it instead of victory. The appointed hero. The second Japanese show bumper after the theme song for the third Japanese show. Uh, pretty great special features. This is all just perfect. <laughs> All right, I, I want you to see what Japanese recap is. Let's see if you're prepared for this. Oh, no, I can't even think of what that could be. <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> this is another one I started and closed because, like, this doesn't make sense. Hellbat is able to sneak into the Autobots' headquarters while Star Saber and the others are fighting with Icepick and the dinosaur. Hellbat intends to steal vital information from the mainframe computer about the Autobot warriors and their weak point. If Hellbat succeeds, this will put the Autobots in a very dangerous position. Mikon and Fixit bump into him and are captured. What is going to happen next? Was that actually from the Japanese show? Do they have like a Australian guy read their recap prompt for them or is that just something somebody i've i've confused somebody yes. overdubbed or <laughs> i've watched japan i've watched all the japanese show there's not a single english and the only english that exists is for headmasters this is actually a, a recap of transformers victory so i'm like well who did who, who did the dubbing i'm so confused once i saw this it sounded like an Australian guy too, like like an Aussie with a transatlantic like accent or something. Like it, like he like he was trying to do an American accent. <laughs> no, Star Saber. I was right the first time. This is from Transformers Victory, which does not have an English dub. So where the hell did this come from? Is it a fan? So, yeah, dub? It, yeah. It didn't like, make any sense. So like it, so. It, it's the Japanese recap. They, I guess, they decided not to just play the Japanese audio. That would have been fine. So they they decided to just put in some English. And did they just decide to like recap a random episode of of Victory or Headmasters, whatever this is? I don't know. I don't. I don't know. This is the only thing I can't figure out where it came from. And in, in the DVD special features, and I thought I would know where all of this came from. Yeah, so that I don't is know who's this supposed to benefit. Like, what what purpose does that serve? I, I my question. I don't know how many times I wrote WTF next to a lot of these special features. I mean, I, maybe they just. I, 
just can't see that. But maybe they're like, okay, maybe it will sound cool to have somebody read the recap in English on this one episode. But yeah, I I don't I don't see the benefit. And it's I mean, without the was... context, it's just completely misleading. It would just yeah. lead to misinformation. Like people would watch this and think that that's that's what happened or something. Either they didn't know any better and assume that's what happened, or they would just be like, that's that's not, that couldn't have happened, and they would be like us. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't they read that and be like, who is Star Saber? And also, one of them is mistranslated, which makes me wonder, because that's not a Autobot or Decepticon that actually exists. So I don't know who they're referencing, because it's not the, the correct... McCone or something like that? Let me listen to this again, like the end part. What? Ice pick. I don't know what this is. I don't. Yeah, I, like Charlie, I, it might <laughs> from the Australian fan dub version of the Japanese Transformers. Oh, there is a fan dub of Victory <laughs> because I did find it once a decade or so ago, and they did a fan dub. I think of the first two or three episodes of Victory, but then once I saw the subtitled episodes were being fan translated, I think I started watching that instead and never actually went back to watching it. I only think I ever watched the first episode dubbing. But God, that was like 2005. I don't even know if that still exists or if you can even find those episodes because I don't have them in my Transformers box. So I would need to find them sometime. I forgot those even existed until we were just talking about it. Um, Uh Uh-oh. So I had to know what's the deal with so it's not Hellbent, it's Hellbat. So I needed to know, like, okay, who is Hellbent? What does he actually look like? That's all I wanted to know. That led me to Wikipedia, where I'm looking up, you know, the, the, the Autobots and Decepticons. I'm scrolling down, and then I see that the Decepticons have a, a force. Their squadron is called the Breast Force. Yes, they have Breast these, uh... Force. Yes, they have these wing-shaped things that you clip into the center on their breasts, because they come out and fold out like sound waves cassettes, only they attach to their chest. Oh my god! Which is this not a weird thing to say in Japan over there, show. but <laughs> is over here. So, so the last Japanese special feature we have Japanese scene clip. Uh, tell me if you can make sense instead of just what the f- the point of this thirty second clip, like I mentioned in my notes. Wow, that was pretty random. Yeah, and that was that was also it's a random clip from Master Force, and it's just not Optimus going over the side of the cliff with the guy driving him going ah. Then he is like, oh, you're injured. The end. Can't even show a cool scene like somebody fighting like Optimus of that you don't know fighting you know the other guy. So was he coming to the rescue of the the falling truck or is he just no? He fell out of it. It looked like there's a guy that came out. And then there's he's he called forth another robot guy. And then you know, that was all they had in the vault, and so they just sent it to what's his name, and he said, <laughs> "Well, it's going on the DVD print. No edit needed. Done." <laughs> I I don't get it. And he's like, "What is he shocked by? Is he shocked by the fact that the truck is squashed, or the fact that the truck has dolphins printed on the side?" I I'm really confused. Yeah. Me too. But we still got two more pages of special features. Oh my god, there's more. (laughs) There's actually a special feature called Script. If you click on Script, you actually miss the first two minutes. It's actually the script of Transport to Oblivion, which is also the only special feature that's also on the Shout DVDs. Here's the thing that doesn't make sense. So, 
it says to hit the play button to go to the next page, going against everything that DVDs have usually done, which is to hit the left or right button on your remote or to hit next chapter to go to the next page. No, 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 no. Here you hit play and play immediately goes to page two and then automatically stops. Then you hit play again to go to page three and it automatically stops, which I have never seen a DVD do before for any of their images, any of their pages, anywhere else. See? Menu issues. (laughs) And once the script ends, this special feature shows up, what I want you guys to watch. Wait a minute. What what are we watching? (laughs) I'm a bit confused. I'm saying if you don't recognize the language, ask Dr. Rhino. I actually was like, well, is this in the back of my booklet that summarizes all the episodes in the DVD? Is what in the back of the booklet? Is there a section called Ask Dr. Rhino? But no, it's actually the Ask Dr. Rhino. You have to find the answer by going to the Rhino website, which doesn't exist anymore, I don't think. What? What are we supposed to ask him? I I don't know. I and. I'm finding out there is a special feature that I missed on the DVD. If I click right from Anomalies, I highlight the Decepticon logo, and then I can hear the Japanese Transformers theme song for the original series, which is Go Fight Transformer, that song. And apparently I did not know that, so now I have to like stop everything and go and do that right now. And apparently there's also an- another Easter egg on the Transformers script, Apparently, people thought it was on the website, too, and it's not on the website either. So nobody knows where this Dr. Rhino actually is. I just found an article. Like, I I had to Google it because it sounds intriguing. Someone says on a blog, Transformer box set is Ask Dr. Rhino an Easter egg. Yeah, it's the same one I saw. (laughs) The only one that was worth clicking on, right? I I just think that's just entirely funny. (laughs) i remember i used to go searching for easter eggs in dvds back when people buried easter yeah (laughs) i used to go to every highlight where it would say chapter five and go well what happens when i select up and then left and then right and then down and i'm like oh god it highlighted a disc icon and then you click it and something cool happens (laughs) i've never found one that complicated before but you know if you just like use the buttons to get around the screen and just navigate. Sometimes you navigate to something that you didn't notice before, like, and you're like, oh, what happened? So I clicked that. Oh, oh, wow. A video played that is a secret video. Oh, my God. But, yeah, that's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure the Shout Factory DVD doesn't have Easter eggs because people stopped doing Easter eggs in the early 2000s or mid-2000s, I want to say. That's pretty sad, because that person actually sounded still excited about it. <laughs> yeah, he was like, I want to know the answer. It's not on the disc. It's, it's not like, on the is website. It, is it somewhere on the disc? Is this is somebody else I could go to it's find out the how to ask that comes with it that Dr. Rhino? It's not printed on the back of my, uh, my animation cells. I don't know where it is, guys. <laughs> that was back in 2002. That poor guy. <laughs> but what's funny is, so he watched all this, and it's like, uh, these brief five or six scenes, right, Thomas? And you think, well, is this text actually something? Like the Easter egg is like, oh, we found out that this text actually is this science thing, or this is actually 
you know, just, I don't know, Arabic, and it's not really Transformanese or whatever. Stuff like that that would be interesting. But instead, they're like, oh, just ask Dr. Rhino. I'm like, thanks for that non-special feature. Somebody actually asked, they reached out to the, I don't know, I guess, I don't know, I'm not sure where they asked them. It seemed like it was some Transformers former forums that Hasbro had out. And they asked about the Dr. Rhino stuff, and somebody from that website got back to them and said that it means nothing. They just thought it was fun to do that, and they did it. And there's no special meaning behind it. What? Which is just like, man, what is going on? How is it fun? It's telling people to go somewhere to find an answer. That's not fun. That's tricking people into thinking (laughs) after watching all of your horribly mismanaged, unorganized mess of special features to then be told to go somewhere else to look for information too. So what it says is the Ask Dr. Rhino phrase was placed in the bubble by some folks who put the box set together as a little wink and a nod. Nothing special is meant by it and there's no deep meaning behind it either. Nevertheless, I want to take this opportunity to thank you Transformers fans for all your questions and comments. What? What? That was templated. (laughs) It doesn't make sense. It's not even something fun. It just leads to confusion. It's like this whole DVD is a mess. Yeah, this is pretty poorly curated, but I mean, for the time period, content may have been hard to come by, though. I mean, you might might have had to find, you know, all the stuff you can find on GeoCities and <laughs> like. Yeah, let's end with the two special features that are also actually good, which is the <laughs> BotCon 2001 feature and the interview with Glenn Hallett, the BotCon organizer of 2001. What did you guys think of those two special features? Yes. Well, I was kind of like, did people dress like that in 2001? And was I dressed like that? <laughs> yeah, you were. Oh, no. That's when I started going to cons around that time. So oh, that wow. kind of touched touched home a little bit. Maybe not that early. Maybe 2002 or 2003, I went to my first con. And they weren't all that well-developed. I went to MegaCon in tampa and it didn't it seemed like um how many people were there there might have been maybe there were 500 people there but there wasn't a lot of lot to do there was like maybe three spaces to hang out in you know and then a, a room full of dealer stuff but not not a whole bunch you know it was it was minimal like i mean this botcon footage actually seemed like it was kind of similar it actually reminds me of the uh Transformers convention that me and you went to, Sean, that one year. That was in um, where was it? Rockville or Bethesda? No, yeah, no, it was in like Reston, Virginia, or something like that, right? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, that seemed that actually seemed a little bit bigger than what they were showing. Yeah, it was like TF. Was it just uh, was it a TF con? Now I forget. Now I have the bag though, uh, in the closet over there. Actually, it was funny listening to the to the interview because he says originally it was just a toy convention. That was it. There were no panels. There were no fun things to do. It wasn't like what we think of cons today back in 1994. Like, it was just toys. And then it evolved from there as it got more popular to see how they could get more people into it. So I thought, like, listening... But then it just led for me to have more questions. I was like, so the first con, you had toys that were basically overstocked from a canceled line the previous year. And then you started making your own exclusives for the convention and Hasbro let you do that. But then they said you can't use the names. 
So what were they making original well, Transformers no, no. that well, didn't seemed, exist? I was a little like they were getting that. exclusives from Hasbro themselves. So they work with Hasbro to to I guess have Hasbro supply them with some stuff. Well, because it was weird because he said originally they wouldn't let them use the actual Transformers copyright names. So I was wondering if that meant like in the mid '90s they were making their own original Transformers as action figures. Or maybe I misunderstood what he was talking about because they said it wasn't until they trusted them that they let them start using more of the Transformers names and work with them on figures that were only available for their cons. Well, they yeah. well they to to use the Transformers trademarks and all that in their uh, con material, like flyers and stuff like that, or advertisers advertisements for the convention coming up. They probably had to do some agreements with Hasbro. Hasbro initially probably didn't want them to do any of that stuff because. You know, initially it was just like throwaway stuff. We don't want this to be, we don't want to be officially recognizing these products that are throwaways that were given to a con as like, this isn't actually representative of the quality of product we put out. So they probably wanted to be like loosely affiliated with it until I guess it started getting bigger or they got more comfortable with, you know, just the idea of like con exclusive. uh... It's almost like, I just felt like his interview could have even been a little longer to help to describe it more and explain that process more, but because it was just like a five so minute interview, then a five minutes, five or seven minutes of the con and interviewing random people at the con, which was interesting. So this bot con thing seems like it's kind of still going on. The last one was in 2016. Is this the one that's in Canada all the time? Or am I thinking of a different one? No, you're thinking of a different one. So bot con seems to, it seems to be every yearly it would pop up. It pops up in a different state. Oh, that's the one we went to then. Uh, well, let's see where the locations were. Because I remember it was uh, in that same location the next year, and then they moved around again. Eh, do I? I don't remember us going to a BotCon. Bot, yeah. But I just think it's interesting how they worked up from it then to get celebrities, to get panels, and just like, that's cool. Yeah, so none of these were actually, yeah, none of these were actually close. So the yeah. last one was in Kentucky, Illinois. California. Maybe it's just TF. Con. Maybe it's TF Con is the one. We I think went it was to. like TF Con or something like that. Yeah. So for whatever reason, they stopped in 2016, and now I guess they're scheduled to have one. And they wanted to have one in 2021, but it seems like that they're going to postpone it to 2022. So, yeah, okay. but but I wanted. I was looking this all up because, well, as I was looking this up, I noticed something. So mm-hmm. I guess for the con, they decide. To, I don't know. I guess there's some panel or whatever. People like vote and say. Who's going to be in the BotCon Hall of Fame? Who are we going to induct this year? So they induct robots and humans. Those are the two categories. Um, <laughs> so robots are for the Transformers, like, you know, fan favorites and stuff like that. But then they also have humans. And the humans are usually made up of, of voice actors or writers and stuff like that. Like people who are humans that are connected to the production of Transformers material. Do you know that they inducted Michael Bay? before they inducted Frank Welker. (laughs) In in their second Hall of Fame, they inducted Michael Bay, and and Frank Welker didn't get in until four years later. Yeah, I was just wondering uh, uh, last week, actually, or so, why no one has ever made a documentary on Frank Welker, considering he's he voices basically everything and also is the highest-paid voice actor, basically, of all time. So how... I know he's in that one documentary about voice acting, but I don't understand why no one has just done like a documentary on him. Yeah, I mean, how public is he? Because I mean, he is older, so maybe he just—I don't know—he's just of a generation where he just wants to just do his work and doesn't want to be bothered. 
like I was just uh, telling my sister, Aladdin is her favorite thing. And I was telling her that, so Frank Welker is the guy who not only voices Apu, he also voices Raja the Tiger, and he's the Cave of Wonders, and you don't recognize that he's three completely different, and he's a background voice as well. So he voices four completely different characters in Aladdin, and you didn't know that he's four different people. Ah, uh, I mean, that doesn't surprise me. I mean, he's in everything. I mean, he did voices in Porco Rosso. He was in Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> he was in Gremlins. He was in Dick Tracy. <laughs> it, was just, it was just, he's just, he's in everything. Just any random stuff. He did, he was in Stargate. Come on. He was in everything. <laughs> Wait, I just no, watched Stargate. Where was he in Stargate? He was Mastage. I don't know how to pronounce that. M-A-S-T-A-D-G-E. I don't, I don't know how to know pronounce the, it. I don't show. even know who you're talking about. Unless it's like the clicking noises before they take their helmets off. The Stargate off. film? Yes. Okay, it must be I the noises know. the aliens make before I mean, they take their helmets off. I mean, some characters don't seem like they're like prominent characters in shows. I mean, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I'm looking at he was in a goofy movie and he played Bigfoot. Bigfoot didn't really have a lot of lines. It was mostly just <laughs> it was just sound, just really. Yeah, exactly, yeah. grunting. <laughs> well, what was that special feature? Uh, there was another special feature from a cartoon I was watching where they said, "Well, we need an animal voice, so the first thing you do is call up Frank Welker." I, I'm actually so I just noticed he was in Balto and he played a grizzly bear. So he oh, just made no. animal sounds. <laughs> and Jumanji, just a good at growling. He, was, he, he was credited as animal sounds in Jumanji. Yeah. <laughs> he was a baby bird in the Hunchback of Notre Dame. Is he uh is he Malbolgia in the Spawn movie? Let's see. Yes, he was. All right. Because <laughs> that's the demon voice. That's his one go-to like evil demon voice that i've actually hear a few times in some other things which is actually just like a really cool evil deep but scrowling kind of voice wow so you said you mentioned he was in aladdin as the three characters mm-hmm. so Four. there was the aladdin remake that came out in 2019 he did those same three characters again <laughs> so in two movies he did the three characters both times so that, that's the live action and then the cartoon original he was Abu Raja and the Cave of Wonders. God, I wish I, I almost was like, do I want I almost was going to say it'd be willing to watch the movie. And I'm like, no, I'd rather just go on YouTube and find a clip of all of his scenes. And that's it. I don't want to watch that movie. <laughs> the Tom and Jerry movie that's coming out. He is the voice of both Tom and Jerry. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> OK. All right. Sorry. We're getting I take incredible track. We're trying to find more fun things to talk about than these special features. I understand. <laughs> but uh, so on our scale of one to ten, Charlie, how would you rate these special features? Oh, you're asking me to rate these special features? Yeah, like how did you love oh these God. special features compared to other special features on DVD, on anime, on Blu-ray? I got to say that 45-minute long comparison of the two... Um, video qualities was was gripping. I mean, it, I I should pop some popcorn and and like rewatch that. Like, man, I I would give that a, a nine point point nine two. <laughs> oh God! Now you're just lying to yourself and to the viewers. <laughs> oh, these these clips. Well. Uh, oh man, you know I I like when they 
find some Japanese content that you probably wouldn't see the light of day in America unless it was on something like this. But <laughs> I actually had some better um, trailers on that Rosa Versailles DVD I had. Remember, <laughs> I gave you a copy of that one. But uh, yeah, that that had some amazing Japanese trailers. Just so many. I'm like, where where they get these from? But uh, yeah. uh, I would say if I were buying this box set back at the, in that time, I would. You spent sixty bucks on it, and these yeah, are your special features. Maybe eighty I, bucks. I think I would enjoy maybe a third of these. The rest is like just it's lame. <laughs> but <laughs> I can't say that special features back then weren't lame. I mean. A lot of times you'd get something that's good, like, oh, I want to watch that again, again, again. And but rarely that would happen. There there'd be like one thing on each thing that seems like you could rewatch it and the rest is just I'll never look at that again after I've explored my D V D set for the first time. So Thomas, how do you rate wait, so Charlie, if you had to rate these on a scale of one to ten, what or did you just want to say that you are if you spent sixty bucks on this box set, would you say these special features are worth it? If you don't want to do a rating, oh well, these special features. I mean, I'd rate them as maybe a four out of ten, three out of ten. <laughs> just because I'd say thirty percent is watchable, and the rest is just yeah. <laughs> Thomas, what about you? Your thoughts on this mess? Uh, at least they're special features. I, we can say that. I mean, there were many DVDs that came out and didn't have anything. So on a scale of 0 to 10, where 0 is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the movie that had nothing, and I was desperate for anything. Uh, well, you got to buy the UK DVDs. Yeah, apparently. Oh, and, and 10 is Lord of the Rings, which basically has like eight hours of special features per disc almost. <laughs> Um, oh my god! There's I'm like there's like a mini documentary those. on each one of those discs. It's insane. Oh yeah, Thomas, um, I'll let you on a little secret. I watched The Hobbit and all of its special features during the COVID quarantine. Oh, I was geez. actually thinking about getting into it because I, I had the original. Well, my brother had it, so when we were living together, he had it. So I tried to watch the extended version and oh yeah, all the special features. So oh, it's. I can, I can get through the extended stuff watching. There's so man, the special features on those, on those. Yes. Yeah. So it's, so it's first, there's the, um, audio commentary for all three movies for the Hobbit. Right. And then the, then there's two separate special features for the Hobbit. Each of the three movies, half of the five to six out. So half five to six hours is the filming process based on the order in how they filmed the scenes i don't think it's it's in into the scenes they appear in the movie i don't think it's in chronological order so it's the order they appeared in the actual um movie that you watched like as you're filming it and what they did during that day and that takes five to six hours three times and then the other five to six hours for each of the three movies is just like the hobbit third movie had a whole special feature of all the original characters they made for those movies Mm -hmm. Followed by, like, I remember the second movie had a whole hour feature of Smog and how they designed him and everything. And, like, oh, uh, Jesus. It, <laughs> and that's only one hour out of five hours of other special features that were on there. And it's usually only 
three to five special features and each of them is just really long because they dedicate all this time to it yeah the 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 lord of the ring stuff is really exhaustive i mean yeah. i guess what i've seen is that there's about across the three movies there's probably like 24 hours worth of content yeah well so <laughs> That's what with I was the thinking, hobbit like 20 hours so i watched the hobbit if you watch the movie with the commentary that's five hours times three and then the special features are 12 hours times three Jeez. so you're looking at uh, 36 hours for special features and 15 hours at movie plus commentary there are only two parts of the hobbit right there was three the part parts to the was hobbit. there a part three, three. of the hobbit there yes there's hobbit three movie? hobbit movies they're trilogies Mm-hmm. What about Lord of the Rings? Did it have as much special? I, didn't I haven't. Watch I never the... bought them, so I don't know. I, I just had, had, a, I had a lot of different extended stuff. Also, so but, I've, yeah. I've never watched documentaries. I don't want to go down that hole now. I've already yeah. finished The Hobbit. It took me so long. It took me like three months to do all this. And <laughs> like yeah, my, no. my like Marcel and I watched all three of those movies, one every day for three days. And then it took me like six months to watch all those special features. Do you want my Harry Potter box set? I just feel like I'm never going to watch it. No. Because <laughs> if I have it, then I'll be forced to watch the special features. And I don't like That seems insane. I, it, Even Harry I just Potter can't that much. Get a, but then I it'll be mine. Like it and I'll much. have to watch it. I can't get around to watching them. And I, I bought it yeah. from a friend. I do need to see the final movie. I haven't seen seven part one and seven part two yet. I haven't so. seen any Harry Potter movie. I haven't seen any Harry Potter anything. Hey, Not even I like saw the first Charlie, one in the theater. Charlie, there's, and I didn't this, know. there's this like thing it. we have. It's called <laughs> re-gifting during Christmas. Oh, yeah. And Thomas <laughs> and, you know, hasn't seen the Harry Potter movies. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Hey, nope. you're right, Sean. What a brilliant idea. I, I don't know what, what you could imply from those two sentences together back to back like that, but you know what? By this time next year, we could have a, a Harry Potter fan among us. Oh god. I mean, is it gonna be my trash one, can one Harry when, Potter when fan? When I regift that box set was to the trash? <laughs> No, I don't. That seems one. I don't want all of that. Two. That's gonna take up. I I have one bookshelf that I I keep limited. The only stuff that I keep physically is stuff that's like some of my favorite, most most connected stuff. Yeah, and that will exactly. never be Harry Potter. <laughs> that's why I, I need to give Sean back his High School of the Dead books. Unless I what already... high school you already gave them to me. I gave them oh. to Goodwill. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna give them to the library if they were still here. I was like, oh, I to the library drop. I gave them to Goodwill because I was like, thing. yeah, I already have them now in graphic in the Kickstarter bigger graphic novel forms the way they were published, and so I don't need them anymore. Because they're, right. they're so, so long. So anyway, so I rate them as I rate the, speech, the features as a three. We've already gotten off on a long tangent already. We yeah. can't do this again. <laughs> yeah, so I did that too. Like I actually, the fact that these were not really well edited. It, like it doesn't seem like there was any editing like what i told you like the one part shows up three things show up duplicated in that 47 minute thing for the restoration process right and there's a lot of stuff without context and a lot of the stuff says it's this but it's really something else because they didn't label it correctly so like when you look at the finished product it just is bad even though there is a lot of content on it but just because there's a lot of content it makes me feel that it doesn't mean it's good 
So it's like, I like the last two, the BotCon. I like the mistakes where the guy actually spent the time to freeze frame and show you all the problems for 13 minutes and actually was a fun special feature. And like describing how they made the process for five minutes. Those were the only four things I, I really liked in the special features. Yeah, I'm not going to fall in too much because, yeah, like I said before, it is early. And apparently it sounds like what, you're, what you said, Ed. There are the rest of the box sets also have special features, so maybe there's some more worthwhile stuff there to make the whole package overall a, a little bit better. Yeah, because I remember on a Black Friday when my family and I used to shop getting season two part one at Radio Shack for a discount and watching it in college. And all I remember is a scene like the abnormalities one where all it is is 10 minutes of all the animation screw ups throughout season two part one. And that's all I remember. I don't remember any other special features but that one. And I've since got rid of that, but now it doesn't matter because I got it back again. So I was able to do <laughs> this podcast because I got them all now. So I found them all on Facebook Marketplace for $40. Mm. So now I have all four box sets from Rhino and all the Shout DVDs. Now all Transformers ever. So, but anyway... That's it for this episode, I think. Uh, we should probably sign off before we start talking more about tangents about other things. Oh, okay. <laughs> because this has been a long episode. So uh, I hope you've enjoyed our look at these special features and, and been able to put up with my excessive ranting on just the quality of these special features. So signing off, this is Sean. Charlie. And Thomas. Is there Thomas? You said Thomas as a question. (laughs) 